0: Why do you love it so much? I think if you own your own business, you have to be prepared to take risks. Being a woman doesn't hold you back from achieving success. Yep, so if you're struggling, just stop and pause and, and really reflect on why am I struggling here. But I've also worked really hard and telling me it's luck, I think, just takes away some of that recognition of the hard work. One last question. Welcome to Tea with the Queen, a show where I talk with some of my favourite go-getters, inspiring and courageous women in leadership and business. I'm your host, Emma McQueen. I'm a business coach, executive coach, author and speaker. And for 20 years, I've been working with women to unlock their potential and get paid their worth while doing work they love. Tracy Mylacreen isn't your typical lawyer. Well, she used to be. For years, she worked in one of those traditional law firms, sleeves rolled up, battling it out in court over litigation and disputes. Disenchanted, she started out on her own and today lives by the mantra that prevention is better than cure. Today, she helps business owners and entrepreneurs put their houses in order so they don't fall foul of the law. And the word's getting out. She has her own podcast, a heap of resources on her website, and a small business course she calls The Empowered Entrepreneur. Yep, by helping businesses grow, her own practice is thriving. I love this chat, and I'm sure you will too. Tracy, welcome to Tea with the Queen. It's so nice to have you here.
1: Thank you, Emma. I'm so delighted to be here, and thank you for having me.
0: Oh, I couldn't wait to see you and hear you and grab all the wisdom that's in your brain box. I can't wait. Uh, For those who have just joined us, we are listening to Tracy and she is a lawyer. And what I want to know is why did you become a lawyer?
1: Oh, gosh, that's a great question. I had a vision very early on that I wanted to enrich lives. Wow. That was my driver And it still is. And honestly, there are so many different variations of what that can look like I've discovered. But, yes, it was genuinely to enrich lives.
0: Wow. I'm a little bit speechless on that. Maybe the next question will help us. So you climbed the proverbial corporate ladder, law ladder, really. You're a partner at a prominent law firm in Canberra for six years. What was that like?
1: In a word, intense. (laughs) It was incredible. It was a time where I had no life outside of the law, which meant it was perfectly possible. So I certainly believe that women can have it all, but I formed the view that just not all at the same time. And I discovered that throwing myself into my career, boots and all, was a fabulous experience. And so I was able to climb that ladder and I was able to tick all the boxes and do all the things But it was intense and it was all-consuming. Yeah. So it it got to the point where I thought, oh, gosh, now what?
0: Yeah, that's exactly how I felt when I was working with my last corporate organisation. I loved it because when I started I was single. By the time I left I was married and had babies and it just changes a whole stack of things. And I agree, we can have it all, just maybe not at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. So did you become disenchanted with the traditional law firm way of doing things? Is that why you set up
1: your own practice? It is, actually. That's a really nice way of capturing it. So as I say, I reached a certain point and I thought, gosh, now what? And then I was lucky enough to fall pregnant with my first child. I have two, with my first child as my little boy. And I genuinely thought, three months maternity leave and I will be back and I had dates in my calendar as to what that might look like which is so typical of me diarising and planning and all of those things and I had this one diarised too and I thought that's fine because not only was I a partner in the firm I was running the firm plus a really busy litigation practice and I thought no no this is fine I can do all the things and the disenchantment really came when my little boy was about two or three weeks old And I made a decision just like that. I can't do both of these things all at once. Something's going to give. Best not let the parenting be the thing that gives. So I made the phone call and said, I'm out and I'm not coming back ever. And I had no clue what I was going to do, but I just knew that traditional law practice was not what I was going to do whilst trying to juggle the whole being a new parent thing. So I did. It was at that point that the disenchantment really set in because I thought, how are we supposed to do all of these things? How are we supposed to do it? And I decided that, in fact, I wasn't going to be able to do it. So let's just take a step back and think about it. And it was from there that I really started thinking about other ways of doing the law and other ways of fulfilling that that real driver I had, which was to enrich lives. How could I do that? With this little person and then 18 months later another little person how can I how can I do that
0: wow I mean for you to have that clarity at two or three weeks after having a newborn I think I was still in the fog for like <laughs> months and months
1: <laughs> well um I was on a timeline you see <laughs> yep. so it was very um I was very focused always on the timelines and I suppose In law, you need to be, otherwise there are consequences. But I was keeping an eye on the timeline and I thought, gosh, if I'm this clueless at two weeks, because let's be honest, um, new parenting, no clue. If I'm this clueless at two weeks, I don't think this is going to crystallise in time for me to get back into the full swing of things in three months' time. It was just, it was a no-brainer. It was just one of those aha moments, crystal clear, no-brainer. I'm not doing that. I love that.
0: I love that you were just actually so I mean it was driven by deadlines and the fact that you only took three months off in the first
1: place <laughs> is interesting to me. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> of uh, course. Yeah. Although we're all experts in hindsight. It is, it's <laughs> it's hilarious now. But at the time I thought, no, that's plenty. No, it's not. And the thing is, completely contrary to my personality and my nature, I had not a clue what I was going to do when I made that phone call that day saying I'm I'm out. Not a clue. No idea. I just had faith that I'm doing the right thing.
0: Oh, I love that. You just stepped out in faith. Tell me, do you feel like you have more freedom now
1: that you're running your own gig? I do, actually. But I say that after probably 12 months of not. So when I did make that phone call and left and I had faith that I would land on my feet somehow, I did, in fact, and I was offered a teaching opportunity at ANU. So I taught law there for five years whilst having these two little people and and getting my head around what that was all like. And it was at that point that I discovered what freedom actually was, or what it meant to me, which was time. And at ANU, when I was teaching there, it was virtual, which meant I could be teaching and I could do my marking at 2am, if that's when I was up feeding or, or whatever I was doing. I was teaching virtually, which meant I could just in true me style, diarise and schedule my entire life around the little people and, and the teaching schedule, freedom was something that I thought my business, my own law practice, let's start my own law practice, let's do it my way, so I'm all about do law differently and that will give me all the freedom. Now it does. I'm two years in, two and a half now, and now it does, but I can honestly say I think that's probably only come about in the last couple of months because... For the first couple of years, it's all in and it's relentless, doing all the things and all the self-doubt and all of those things. But my secret sauce has been in the last couple of months, after much persuasion, I convinced my husband to become a house husband. Yay. So now I have support at home, proper support, not just husband gets home and unpacks the dishwasher, proper support which allows me the freedom in my business so now I genuinely do feel like I can carve out that time because there's more time on on those other days to do things
0: I love I think in my first year when I stepped out because I've been in my own business for for almost five years the first year I worked my butt off doing all the things and we had a really good financial year but my husband sat me down at the end of the year and he went honey I'm really proud of you but I'm just not sure this is sustainable (laughs)
1: Aren't they wise sometimes? They can be so wise. Very annoying. I've never told him he was right. I'm like, no, I don't. I'll think do about it. <laughs> don't you? No need to do that. We keep that between ourselves.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, okay, so that makes sense. So I think anyone who's going into their own business, I don't think it's all unicorn and rainbow straight up. I think it takes a few years to get systems and processes and policies and all that kind of stuff in place before you can actually sit back and go, I can have a week off or I can have two weeks off.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think also... Having the faith and staying focused on the why certainly helps, I think, through those periods. It certainly helped me and lots of clients that I work with. I work with lots of small business owners and majority being women in business. Everyone goes through it and we all need to support each other, I think, and I have found that really valuable That level of support, I've got to say, is not support that I ever had when I was working in a partnership or or in other law firms. It's phenomenal. The community of women in business, particularly online and virtual businesses these days, it's amazing. It's been a real game changer.
0: Yeah, it's so cool. I love that it's that the gig economy is getting a good run, and I love that it's getting a good run by females. I would personally like to see females earning a little bit more, but that's my own thing. I think we under sell ourselves and we don't charge what we're worth and so I would love to see us just bringing that up a bit but I agree now's the time right my next question was about who do you help but you've already told me you help basically women who have their own businesses any particular sizes any particular types of businesses
1: service-based business mainly and small business so women usually it's women um, who have been in business for less than five years And it's small business. And so the women I tend to attract or the the women that I'm fortunate enough to connect with and and be able to collaborate with and work with in their business are women that they're smart driven women who prioritise themselves. And that's where I come in because what I have found is that the clients or the women who don't necessarily prioritise themselves aren't prioritising the business and therefore they're not wanting to collaborate with their lawyer. But they come back because they realise later, actually, I'm important and we do need to get this right. So um, it's really delightful when, when um, I team up with business owners because there's so much we can do together.
0: Oh, that's so interesting that if they don't see the benefits of working with a lawyer, that they also may
1: not see the benefits of managing their business well. Yeah, indeed, indeed. It's all about prevention being better than cure, in my view. Yes, I know you keep saying that. (laughs) I keep saying that, and it's something that I really have harnessed because the majority of my career in legal practice was was spent in litigation and dispute resolution, so at the tail end when things have gone wrong. So that's why I say we don't need to end up there, people. It can be avoided. I love it.
0: Yes, I love it. A lot of people start their businesses perhaps as a side hustle, could be a hobby. And in the beginning, they don't think too much about ensuring all their T's are crossed and their I's are dotted. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely, without doubt.
1: Without doubt. And there's quite a lot involved in the crossing of T's and dotting of I's. And it is a classic, we don't know what we don't know. And what I find is that when women are treating it as a side hustle or a hobby, they're thinking to themselves or then they say to to people like you and I, I imagine, look, I'll just wait and see if this is actually going to be anything good. And if this turns out okay, then we'll chat later. We'll, We'll chat then. And of course, what happens nine times out of 10 is it is something, it is something good, it does turn out better than okay and they've now got an administrative nightmare on their hands to go back and backpedal and try and plug all of the holes that they've left along the way. So no criticism at all because I understand why women say that. I don't agree with it. I really think that we really need to be backing ourselves. I take your point, Emma, about women perhaps not charging their worth. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Also, though, we don't back ourselves from the outset. What I'm seeing lately is there are more and more women coming through or getting in touch, and they are starting out going, right, I'm going to do this once and once only, and I'm going to do it properly. Love that. That's just heaven on a stick because we have got time to put those solid foundations in place. And guess what? It actually doesn't cost as much when you do it that way. When you come back and backpedal and then look back and think, okay, now's time to do it. Of course we can, but it takes more time and it does cost more ironically, because that's what we're trying to avoid in the first place, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and it's really interesting to me when I have people that come to me and they go, oh, I've just got this side hustle or I've got this hobby, the mindset that they continue to tell themselves is that this thing's not going to grow and they do things like I'll say to them, what accounting system are you using? They're like, I'm just using an Excel spreadsheet. And it's really interesting because the ripple effect to that is that their family don't take them seriously, their friends don't take them seriously, you know, like all those things, because they're not taking themselves seriously, versus going, okay, I'm going to invest in a couple of key pieces that I need to make sure that my business is solid, and it can grow. And so when I'm talking to them about that, if they're talking to me about wanting to coach, I always ask some of those questions to make sure that they are taking it
1: seriously enough. Yeah. I could not agree with that more. And one thing that you may not know about me is I'm very spiritual. I wouldn't say religious on on any level, but I am very spiritual. And so I genuinely believe that we will get from the universe what we give to the universe. So in line with what you've said, if we throw that out into the universe, this actually is something, this is my purpose, this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm achieving. We achieve it. The universe delivers.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. If any woman is listening and they're like, kind of got a side hustle or a hobby and they're thinking about how to grow it, I think they need to think about, okay, what can I actually upgrade here? What is it? What can I do to show the universe that I'm serious about this? What can I do to show that my family I'm serious about this? I have one client and I said to her, you need to get rid of the Excel spreadsheet. Honestly, you just need to go get a zero, bite the bullet and find a good bookkeeper, of which I know many, so that's fine. But I'm like, nothing will happen. You will not grow. And the moment she put a zero in, it all came together. And she's like, why didn't I do this five years ago? I'm like, I don't know.
1: Anyway, <laughs> yes, there's plenty of stories like that, but can I say, isn't she lucky she found you?
0: <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> I think everyone that gets to work with me is lucky. <laughs> Well, I agree. They are. So tell us what do you get, and I have to full disclosure here, we use Tracy to do our bits and pieces because she's awesome. So um, we'll make sure that we grab your details at the end so people can connect with you. I just, sure. I've handed out your name three times this morning. Oh, bless. <laughs> so oh, you've been on me. my mind. You're in my universe. You're wonderful. <laughs> um, but what gaps do you see small business owners have in their legal documents? Well, the biggest gap is
1: that they don't have any. <laughs> I see that a lot. Quite literally, they don't have any. And this is a classic, we don't know what we don't know. Right. And that's okay because when we're wearing all the hats in business, we can't be expected to know all the things and the to-do list just keeps breeding. It's like, my goodness, surrounding yourself with the right team, which is clearly what people are doing when they connect with you, is the best thing that they can do. And from there, that's how we build our knowledge and our information. So by the time they come to me, lots of people will start with, hi, Tracy, can we chat? I don't know what I need to talk to you about though, but- can you help me? I don't know what I need. And that's a fabulous way to start because it gives me a complete understanding of exactly where they're at and we build from there. But the thing I see the most is that there aren't any legals. So your business terms, whether you want to call that your client service agreement, your design agreement, your coaching agreement, or your business terms and conditions, it's all the same thing. It's your business terms. The document that outlines how it is your clients work with you, that's the document that gives your business longevity, protection, all of the good stuff. And that's the document that sets out those expectations between the business and the client to really set up a foundation for, for a really mutually satisfying relationship. That's the biggest gap.
0: So is it, is it a gap or is it just a
1: happy coincidence that it's a blank canvas? Oh, well, they've got lots of other things in place, you see. So, and some people, so the next tier down from that is when people copy and paste from somebody else's and golly, I can't tell you how dangerous that is because not only do we not know what we don't know, when we're using somebody else's, chances are it doesn't fit your business but you don't know that because you don't know what it's supposed to be doing in the first place. Yeah. And that's okay. But I always say DOI is for bunnings, not for your legals. Yes, yes. So copying somebody else's or or taking your friends because they've got a business that you think is similar, that's probably best avoided in, in my view.
0: Best avoided. Is it also illegal? I'm
1: just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you copy and paste, that's technically a breach of copyright. Yep, so you're not allowed to do that. But if someone hands over their terms and says, here, use mine, Don't spend the money. Well, first of all, what message are you sending to the universe? Secondly, that's not really um, the conduct, I don't think, of a really proud, confident businesswoman. And third, you don't know what they're doing. And when your client reads it, what message are they getting? I'll give you a really quick example, Um, really great. A, A beautiful client of mine sent me her documents and these were some website terms and conditions which are also important but next in line to the business terms and conditions. And she's an absolutely amazing life coach. And when we read through the terms and conditions and they were talking about dietary requirements and catering, she didn't realise because she'd copied and pasted them from someone's that she thought looked good. Food intolerances and catering were wholly irrelevant to her business. So it was, (laughs) yes, we laughed. That's just a really classic example. And other clients have used... um, terms and conditions that are applicable for California, but we're here and they're not international. So it's things like that, that you don't necessarily understand what you're looking at, but you can bet your bottom dollar that someone that reads them is going to identify it. And then all of a sudden that professionalism and that reputation you're building in your business has just gone down the drain with that person.
0: Well, and that's a great segue into, I asked you this question the other day, do people read them? Because I didn't think they did, but what's your view on
1: it? They didn't used to, they do now. Things have changed. They do now, particularly when you get them done properly like yours, Emma, and they, they're they branded and they are an extension of your business. They are professional and you're proud of them. Those documents, yes, people are looking forward to reading. We can find you some traditional lawyers that will give you a printout 42-page document that will make your stomach churn every time you print it out. I don't do that. You don't want it. We don't want that. But the, the ones that we use now, they're easy to read, they're attractive, and they're they're punchy. So people are reading them. And with the digital age that we're living in, terms and conditions and privacy policy is important on websites and online shops. People are reading them.
0: Mm, Interesting, isn't it? What do you think's changed? What do you think shifted from people not paying much attention to now
1: they're paying attention? Commonality. It's becoming so common. And knowledge. Cybercrime's a thing. Identity fraud's a thing. I'm not going to hand over my details or make my booking. It's a thing. And obviously, you know, what was hitting the media a few years ago a lot was every time you subscribe to something or give someone your email address, there were lots of entities that were just forming really long data lists and selling it off. And all of a sudden, you're getting spammed by 36 other entities you're not allowed to do that anymore. We've got the Privacy Act. But it's all those types of things that we're, it's increasing awareness, I think, of risk. Yeah, yeah, I love that.
0: um, What would you say is a basic legal checklist, like as a starting point that a business should have?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. For a small business with a website, which is most small businesses these days, there is a core trio of documents as a starting point. Your business terms and conditions, which we just chatted about, your website terms and conditions, and your privacy policy. They are your core trio of documents. And not only are lawyers like me going to tell you all the benefits of having it, there is such a thing in this country called the Australian Consumer Law. It's not just for returning a toaster to Harvey Norman if it doesn't work. As a service provider, we have obligations and we need to know what they are and we need to meet them. And we can't do that unless we've got those three documents in place and know how to use them. And, of course, the Privacy Act, which governs the privacy legislation, well, that's the privacy legislation which governs how we deal with personal data, um, which, interestingly, is currently under review. So, this is a watch this space because there are lots of exclusions in the Privacy Act for small businesses at the moment, but there is a submission that they should be removed. So. Not only is it soon going to be best practice for all of us small businesses to have our privacy policy prepared in a certain way and disclosed, pretty soon it's going to become a legal requirement. Oh, that's interesting.
0: So you're getting ahead of the
1: pack. Absolutely. And I think it's best practice. So I always advise clients, this is my view. This is best practice or heaven on a stick, as I like to say it. This is your legal requirement. So they make a decision. But no one has ever said to me, oh, no, thank you. I don't want to do best practice. No. <laughs> Which is a good thing.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, there are some things which I cringe at around when people come to me and they're like, oh, I'm thinking about joining a business partnership. My heckles go up a bit because I'm like, can you just document it? I haven't been paid for this. My heckles go up because I'm like, oh, man. And there's there's some certain things that I just think, ah, someone might come to me and they might go, yeah, I wanted la, 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 la. I'm like, oh, do you have a business plan? They're like, no. I'm like,
1: Ooh. Yes. Uh, so
0: just on that, I'm sure that happens to you a lot. I'm sure there um, you have got great stories to tell. But what about just about paying on time? So any tips to make sure clients pay on
1: time? What does it come back to? I so love this question for so many reasons. I'll answer the question first and then I'll tell you why it excites me so much. It comes back to your business terms and conditions. That's your start. So, yes, I've got lots of great stories and lots of experiences where I need to dig clients out of holes. That's what I do. I prefer preventions better than cure, but we're not in a perfect world. So I'll always dig people out of their problems and I'll always help them recover those monies. It's a whole lot easier if you can present me with your business terms and conditions or your service agreement or whatever it is that governs the relationship. First tip, have those and have them tailored to your business. Know how to use them. If you don't know how to use them, you're not helping yourself. The second is to have good internal systems and processes in place. That relates to knowing how to use your business T's and C's and invoicing in accordance with them. So that's the second tip. And the third big tip is know how to deal with changes or variations once it's started. So if a client comes and wants to make a little bit of a tweak to what it is that you've agreed to do, know how to deal with that. Text messages and phone calls are very risky. Because it's opening you up later when you do issue your invoice for that client to say, oh, but I thought this. I didn't realise you were going to invoice me that much. I didn't realise you were going to invoice me now. And then it just all becomes a complicated mess from there. The reason I find that a super exciting question is because I've just launched a new course and it is harnessed on how to get paid. Getting paid made easy, it's called. It's so good. I have been working on it full on for a couple of months now to get it just right and um, that's going to be launched very soon and it goes to the heart of what we've just talked about because let's be honest without cash flow we don't have a business totally cash is queen yes yes that's right i like like what you did
0: there (laughs) thank you well we'll make sure we put the link in the show notes but there is also another small business course that you've designed the empowered entrepreneur can you tell us about that
1: Absolutely. That is a passion project. And I've launched that once. It will be launched again later in the year. And I designed that because so many business owners were coming to me and saying, what do I need to do? How do I do it? Overwhelm. Overwhelm. Let's stick head in the sand because there's too much to know and I don't know what I don't know. So I designed the Empowered Entrepreneur to be an online course where business owners could work through all the important things teaching you exactly what you need to know and why to set those foundations for success. So it touches on what I say are critical things for a business owner to know, to do, to have that solid foundation. Without that solid foundation, my gosh, we're going to be coming back and patching up the holes and the cracks forever, aren't we? Let's not do that. So that's why I've designed The Empowered Entrepreneur. And it is exactly that because I love educating and empowering business owners. That's what I do. So that was the background for the empowered entrepreneur. And what I discovered after we ran the last session was the getting paid was quite involved in itself. So I didn't want to create a course that was overwhelming and would cause people to think, gosh, this is just another thing I have to do. So I split it into two. So I've I've patted out the empowered entrepreneur in another way and I have done one which is just on getting paid made easy because lots of people just want that and they want to do the other stuff a bit later but there's a real demand for I just want to know how to get paid right now and then once I've got some money, once I've got some cash flow, once I've got my head around that, I'll come back to the rest later. So I've made that possible with the both of them. That's
0: so cool. So if we come back to where we even started today about you enriching people's lives, you're doing it through those courses and through your work. It's amazing. Tell me, if someone was listening to us, you're two years into the journey, what would you tell What's a couple of things, practical things for our audience who are mainly either business owners or they work in organisations and they're levelling up? What would you tell
1: them? Get a coach. <laughs> Honestly,
0: yes,
1: it's an investment in yourself and if you don't get it now, you'll get it later, I promise you. Don't wait. Get a coach. And
0: just for my
1: audience, I did not pay her to say that. No, you didn't and we you didn't, we haven't even talked about this. <laughs> um, but honestly, hand on heart, I would say that. And the second thing I would say is back yourself because the rest falls into place after that. Backing yourself is pretty hard to do sometimes, isn't it? It is, but that's where the leap of faith comes in, I think and all. And I know that it can be terrifying, but so much comes together afterwards. Yeah, it so does. It so does. What's the question that you
0: had hoped that I would ask in this interview that I haven't asked you, Trace?
1: Oh, gosh, you put me on the spot now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I can't think of one. I've loved this chat. It just, this is this sort of wholesome conversation, which really captures why I do what I do. And that's what I enjoy the most is that because it's about the journey for me. And I feel privileged to be able to enrich lives of others. I feel privileged to be able to collaborate with my clients because that's what it is. It's a collaboration working together to educate and empower them to go forward and succeed in their business. And so just having the opportunity to chat about that has been really lovely.
0: Oh, you've been awesome. And for those people that
1: would like to find out a bit more about you or where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram. I'm at TMSolicitor. They can also find me on my website, which is tmsolicitor.com.au. And all the details of what I do is on there and the details of the courses are on there too.
0: The beautiful thing that I love about you, Trace, is you are a very smart woman, as we have discovered. And? super kind and I love that. I love women that are generous and they give and they, you know, like it's not all take, it's just you are just super generous with your time, you're super generous with your intellect, you're super generous with your clients and I know that because I am a client and that's something that women need to kind of grasp and go, you know what, it's good to be generous because it will come back but that's not why we do it, right? That's, I mean, our... Team McQueen's values are about kindness and generosity. And we weave that into everything that we do. Well, let's say we try because I'm only a human, right? So I might bugger it up one day. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we try and do. But uh, I think my affinity with you is that, We're kind of kindred spirits in that way and I love that about you and we love working with you and we wish you all the best for
1: the next two years. I can't wait to see what happens next. Thank you so much. That's so kind. You've just, I can't even say made my day. It's much bigger than that. That means so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that, Emma. I'm just so grateful. Oh, you are so welcome. Thank you so much for our chat.
0: It's been awesome. Come back. Come back to Tea with the Queen. (laughs) No, wait. I'll be here.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. That's it
0: for this episode of Tea with the Queen. If you love this episode, let me know. I would love to hear from you. And you're very welcome to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to contact me directly, all my details are at my website, emmcmcqueen.com.au. I look forward to your company next episode. I'm Emma McQueen. Thanks for listening.